Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Peacock fuels your true crime obsession with exclusive new originals like John Wayne Gacy. Devil in Disguise. He said to me, clowns can get away with murder. Dr. Death, the undoctored story. This guy's dangerous. And Epstein's shadow, Ghislaine Maxwell. She inherited Jeffrey Epstein's secrets. There was this whole other world going on. Plus the most bingeable crime series, Buried in the Backyard and Snapped. And with the Dateline 24-7 channel that's always on. Did you want her death? You can't not obsess. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. My name is Dave Hanrady and there will be no encore. It's Halloween if you're listening to this on the day that it drops, which is Halloween. Welcome to episode 33 of the No Encore Music Podcast, spectacular extravaganza of music podcasts. Very, very special episode here because back from his travels, after missing three episodes in a row, is Cullen Morrigan. What up? Yay! You've been missed. I don't think my tan is really coming across on mine either. You look golden. Thank you very much. Golden. Uh, also joining us this week is, uh, I mean, like, how do you even begin to introduce this person? An ethnomusicologist, a regular contributor to the Head Stuff Music section, Spooky Dre, Andrea Cleary. Hi. <laughs> just just Hi. smattering, smattering of applause. Uh, Andrea is here, uh, uh, the most autumnal person I know, and has brought lots of, lots of treats. She's currently wearing a witch's hat. Yeah. Uh, she brought a cat mask for me, yep. which is too tight and looks... Completely terrifying. It's absolutely horrific. And like. the one, well, what the hell were you fucking wearing a minute ago? That's a, it's a lacy masquerade. It's like something mask. eyes wide shut. <laughs> it feels like I should wear nothing other than this. You mask. just put it on, and that I, was the idea. I really don't want. Are you gonna leave it on for the whole show? It's, a, it's an audio medium. No. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, Andrea also brought some sweets and a cactus. She brought us a cactus. Man. I'd like to introduce everyone to. Noel Encore. Noel Encore. We'll think of a better name. That's okay. Hey. She brought beers too. She brought so. beers and, it's, and they're in bottles. Mm-hmm. Like, hang on. There you go. Hey. One for everyone to enjoy with uh, in-ear earphones right there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, bottles. We're really classing up the joint um, at this spooky time of year. 
So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Craig's not here. Craig's on holidays in the same place that you were in holidays, Colin. Yeah, that's right. What's more, I actually saw him get off his plane uh, into lashing rain on last cheers, Saturday cheers, morning. Cheers, everybody. Uh, it was highly unfortunate given that I'd had a week of pure sunshine, but, you know, heart bleeds and all that. A week of pure sunshine. Also, yeah, unfortunately, though, I did miss uh, when you had Sage Francis here. Yeah, Sage Francis was the last episode. We put out two episodes uh, previously to this, and Sage Francis uh, is an incredible human being, and it was great to talk to him. We spoke to him for over an hour, and yeah, he's an incredible dude. I know that you were unable to make it, but next time, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Next so time he pops by. Next time he pops by. <laughs> we're going to do brunch. We've already decided that we'll do brunch. And uh, listeners, if you haven't heard that episode with Sage Francis, I encourage you to get on it immediately, because he's a much more... Uh, loquacious and interesting character than I am, but keep listening, uh, Cullum. The you know the show tends to get a bit of a bad reputation when you're not here. We tend to kind of go over our limits if we can. We try and keep the show to a you know a, a nice tight hour or thereabouts. <laughs> Two episodes ago, we clocked in at an hour and forty, an hour and forty eight minutes. Yeah, how do you feel about that when you got the the download and your bad Wi-Fi when you're in Spain? I'll be perfectly honest. I saw it in a message before I'd even downloaded the episode, and yeah. I mean, there's something inevitable about it. Um, it did underline my own importance to this podcast, which I appreciated. Um, <laughs> yeah, you do get carried away. You got your work cut out for you. Uh, but speaking of work, you're no longer working. In yeah, former hot press. Former hot press. Yeah. What which was the phrase you used earlier about your unemployed? Oh, fun employed. <laughs> yeah. And it deserves an air horn. <laughs> Yo, it's Halloween, bitch! Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of... As I said to Alan, I'm taking Netflix and chill back to the original meaning for a while. Nice. Um, I'm just watching Netflix and chilling. What have you been watching? Uh, I, I've actually been catching up on Better Call Saul oh, for the past yeah, year or two. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah. only watched the first couple of episodes and I was like, am I in on this? And yeah, now I am. Do you hear listeners? I like something. <laughs> what do you recommend, Dre? Um, I've rewatched all the Freaks and Geeks recently. It's got great music. And Not it's into got... John Apatow, so there you go. Oh, well. There's something I don't like, listeners. <laughs> there'll be more of that later in the show. There will, and uh, in the show, I, mean, I guess appropriately for Halloween, some of the news is a bit morbid this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess only one place to start, really, and it was a very emotional day for the lady to my left yesterday, a time of recording, and the very emotional day for an awful lot of people, an awful lot of music lovers, uh, as the beloved TXFM, unfortunately, broadcast its last, and I mean... The outpouring of love that they have received since people knew that they were winding down has been absolutely gigantic. A lot of people are genuinely distressed, and you're one of them. Yeah, I, it was really, really, really sad. Like, they announced it, got a, a good few months ago, like, um, start, started the year-ish, and I was upset that day. Um, and then it happened yesterday, and they turned it off, and it was static. Did you cry? Yeah, I had a little bit of a tear. Did I'm you a... listen to the static for a while afterwards? Um, no, I turned it off and I sat in my living room in silence. Um, and then I went and got a beer. So, you know, it's swings and roundabouts. But it was genuinely really, really sad. And it was the... All, all the radio presenters did the final hour together. Yeah, it was really talked good. About, yeah, talked about their favourite moments and, and all that kind of stuff. And it was nice to hear it and be like, oh, well, I heard that moment. And yeah, it was really, it was sad, but, you know. Best it, it was a great crew of people. I mean, like, I can't name them all, but like the likes of Claire Beck, uh, John Goodell, Paul Donegan. Your Joe ma- Donnelly. Joe Donnelly, who, my who, who Andre's in love with. Nine, <laughs> nine, uh, Kieran McGuinness, of course, a friend of the show, had, had his own specialist show as well. I mean, like, it was... 
uh, it's a shame. I mean, the, the JNLRs, the ratings came out and they had shot up massively. They like got 50% extra listeners, but unfortunately it's over. Uh, I thought it was interesting that you too sent in like a 20 second clip yeah, of them nice. being like, you know, jamming away and like saying thanks so much TXFM. It, you know, you think they could throw in some cash to try and <laughs> save the station instead of a fucking shit practice room mm. jam, but whatever, you know. And it was really short as well. It's a thought and, thought and it was counts, just them kind of, it was just Bono going TXFM, TXFM, thank you. Yeah, it wasn't okay, great. Okay. It wasn't great. But, you know, Cullum, are you going to miss it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I must... No, I hate radio. No, <laughs> I, I was going to say, though, that, you know, I wonder if people like me from basically outside of Dublin um, might have kind of contributed to why it hasn't made the impact that a lot of people feel it should. That it is very much a niche station, and it probably never really got over that. Um, that, you know, it doesn't have a nationwide reach, or at least didn't, certainly, when I was uh, living in Cork. Um, that it doesn't really have the, the sort of impact that I guess you want a national radio station to have. It is incredible to see the outpouring of, of emotion, and I guess, you know, we discussed it six months ago. It was actually one of our first ever shows in No Encore was the announcement that, T- or that TXFM was going to close. And we talked at the time that, you know, when you can see this much enthusiasm and see this much demand from a certain amount of people, surely it's just a matter of kind of figuring out how to make the sums work. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, in the current climate, that's a lot, awful lot harder than it probably should be. Well, one radio station... Radio Nova, which is you know, seems to just keep going up and up and up every time those ratings. Come ah, out. well, mate, those ratings—they get spun. Are... They get spun like crazy. Well, I was reading about the about how they do this yesterday. Oh, yeah. and it's an amazing. It, isn't it just a, a sample? Uh, a the sample whole thing is very. Yeah, oh well, yes, of course, but that's how you do. But that. even like, but even in terms of like them being like, we are the best, and it's like, well, you know, based on like like small print, you know, it's kind the of other like, thing as well. Though, is that like you can't all be the best. Yeah. Like, the only way to explain this is if Ireland's population has doubled in the past three years. That's the only way that you could have, like, made the percentage increases on each radio station. Well, the head of Nova believes that that frequency could go to them. Uh, they could set up a, their own kind of Nova TXFM kind of offshoot and could do it in a couple of weeks if it was to go through. So, you know, I got to watch this space, I guess. But for now, enjoy the white noise on 105.2. And again, um, shout out and kudos to everybody involved. It was a labour of love, but unfortunately, it just didn't quite work out. But they had a good run. They had a good two and a half year run. Uh, a band that had a really good run, and a band that had featured on No Encore before, our beloved Funeral Suits have called it a day. And they are releasing their, their, their album. There was some, maybe, like, they'd gone quiet for a while, and who knew if it was going to actually come out. But unfortunately, they've issued a statement, and it says, Hey people, the release of Islands Apart will be our final act as Funeral Suits. The last few weeks have been strange, realising that we couldn't continue, but ensuring that we delivered the record to you. It's a weird place to be. We desperately wanted to get this out into the world. We're so happy that our last offering as a band is a positive one. There are many reasons why we've made this decision. Most are too long and boring to go into right now. But rest assured, it was a decision we took lightly. We're all very much still great friends, and we will continue to make music in our own rights and time. Funeral Suits has and always will be so special to us, and from the bottom of our hearts, we'd like to say thank you to anyone who came to a show, bought a t-shirt, listened to the music, and who gave a shit about what we did. So, yeah, that's the end of the Funeral Suits uh, upcoming. Uh, they release Islands Apart on the same day as the weekend, Starboy, the 25th of November, so don't expect to hear from me at all that weekend, because I'll be listening to those two albums on repeat. And... Yeah, it's a shame. I, I, I'm i a fan of Funeral Suits. I've seen them live before. I think they had a lot to offer. They were different. They had a unique kind of energy. But ultimately, this is what happens. I mean, bands kind of, for whatever reason, just have to call it a day sometime. And ultimately, I like that they're kind of going out on their shield. Like, like, like they've, this very much, I've, I, you know, we know them. We've talked to them. And 
it's very much a band decision and that's not a lie they are still great friends it's nice that we're getting the album as well yeah it's fucking great because yeah. I mean like, like all signs point to being good from what we've heard so far mm-hmm. and again I mean like you know that's not just like a throwaway line this is an amicable split it absolutely is and they will keep making music and some of that music could be very interesting so not the you know not the worst news of all time but also not one that you would you would totally <laughs> welcome and it's a shame but look fair fucking play to them because I like to see a band kind of you know stand up and go like no no we're done when we say we're done Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what's more, like you say, yeah, it looks like being a great album. Uh, I think we've got three or four singles from it so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one going back all the way to like May or June. Tree of Life, which is in my shortlist for Songs of the Year. Yeah, and so basically it, it should be a great record. It's unfortunate that it's going to be their last one, but uh, as they say, you know, they're going to keep making music. Uh, obviously, like you say, we know the guys and we know that, you know, it probably won't take long for them to get back stuck into something else uh, in their own respective guises. But uh, and, we yeah. wish, and we wish them well, of course. Of course. And uh, yeah, but, you know, reunite at the No Encore Christmas party, I guess. I hope so. Oh. Uh, for for the, for the live episode when, when we hit 50 episodes, I guess. Mm-hmm. We should totally do that, by the way. A live episode. A live episode. Yeah. Who would come, though? I don't know. Could be oh, with musical interludes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's discuss this all fair. Okay, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> or um, Alan just records the next 10 minutes and then edit it all. Nice technical difficulties music. Uh, one band that I kind of wish did call it a day oh, are, are Muse. Um, I mean, like, this is a short item, and, uh, Cullum, you saw them recently. Yeah. I've seen them live. I know how ostentatious they can be, and they keep doing that. You know, you think it peaks with holograms, and you think it peaks with uh, a drone flying around at their their set, and they're playing in the round. Nope. They want to levitate on their next tour. Yeah, they want to use a stage made of magnets so that they can use other magnets. This quote-unquote, these are their technical terms. Um, Yeah, so that they can actually levitate off the stage. Uh, If there are any magnet technicians out there, which I really want to have on my next business card, um, please come and see me because that's what we want to achieve. That's what their tour director said. I'm presuming the insane clown posse have been in touch, have they? Yeah, I don't know. You know what? To be fair, great reference, by the way. Great reference. For anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about this. Water, fire, air and dirt. Fucking magnets. How do they work? And I don't want to talk to a scientist. Y'all motherfuckers lying and getting me pissed. Solar it's just one of the most amazing lines I've ever heard. Um, to be fair, <laughs> so good. If, about a year ago, I was talking to the guy who designs uh, U2's tours, um, the wonderfully named Willie Williams. Great name. Yeah, oh, incredible wow. name, yeah. But, you know, and, and he was kind of talking about just, just the scale of these things and how much planning goes into it. Um, it. Like, they are incredible undertakings. And to then pack it into a truck and bring it to the next place the next day. And frankly, the other thing is that Muse need it. This is what was striking when I saw them earlier this year, is that if you judged it off the songs, the set list, and musicianship, it's, you know, a five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I saw them, I'd say, about ten years ago at, in The Point, and... They were great. Because was this the Black Holes and Revelations tour? Um, yeah, um, it might have been. I saw them I, on the point around 2006, and, y- and it was amazing. Yeah. Prepare for and me And they to were say fantastic, but then I saw them again, again after that. Same, yeah. And I was like, where did that go? Yeah. Like, oh my God. Prepare for me to sound incredibly old here. I first saw them use 15 years ago. They were the first live band I ever saw. That's a good start. Yeah, they, wow. uh, they... And that would have been Origin of Symmetry time. Yeah. So you they, would have got, like, a really kind of nice, small, like, dingy, here's a guitar, here's fucking yeah. Plug-In Baby and Yeah, pretty newborn. close. Yeah, a sweet yeah. album as they, well. They, 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 they supported me, or they supported Ash. 
I thought um, you were going to say they supported court. Meatloaf. Yeah, and no, I was no, like, no, no, that no, 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 is no. some no, gig. No, I was going to say they supported Muse. And then I, I thought like, you said, no, hang on, they yeah. are Muse. I thought you said they supported Muse, but I was like, I could still see them doing that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. That, that, that's next. Uh, especially yeah, if, if they spunk all their money on the magnets <laughs> and can't afford a support I, band. Uh, yeah. I, I mentioned this magnet thing to a friend, a science friend, uh, who isn't a magnet technician. Science so I don't know. friend. But he's, he's a science friend. And Reference to fucking in-betweeners on my podcast, mate. Yeah, the in-betweeners. science friend. But yeah, he he basically just said uh, th- he he looked at me blankly and said, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "They want to have two sets of magnets that will make them levitate." And just continued to look at me blankly and said, "No, that's not a thing." No. Well, he's out. He's not, he's not getting the job. No, yeah, no. I mean, I mean, it can be a thing. I'm not going to get into it, but it can. Can it? Yeah. Tweet, tweet Cullum if. Yeah. Tweet at. Let's just tweet, make using tweet, tweet out the comedian Cullum O'Regan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a bigger Twitter following than Cullum over here. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Just lots of about magnets. magnets. You won't have a fucking clue while you're doing it. So just do it. Yeah, just do it. See what happens. It's Halloween. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'll take his radio interviews again. Yeah. Happened again last week. Did it? Yeah, someone booked me on Galway Bay FM before would, they realised. Would you just, go on? Would you just, just go on? No, no, no. I flagged it all. podcast, man. <laughs> Do it. Like. Why don't you be like, I've wasted my life. Professional comedy is not for me and it shouldn't be for you. Or what if you go and realise that you should be a professional comedian? This could be the start of something big. Yeah. You'd have to change your name, though. <laughs> yeah, because then you'll get confused. Colm Regan 2. Colm Regan 2. Colm Regan 2. And you can follow me on Twitter at Colm Regan 1. Confused? This time is <laughs> you, personnel. You will be. Yeah. Uh, Dre, as an ethnomusicologist, as a resident ethnomusicologist, yeah. uh, what's your take on Muse's kind of career trajectory? Because as discussed, they started off as this kind of you know, Radiohead-esque indie band in the late 90s, jacked it up a little bit. I guess he got a bunch of fucking Queen records one day. <laughs> I mean, it's a fascinating case of, I mean, like, they're popular. They sell out arenas, mm. so they're not in trouble or anything. But it's a fascinating case of just seeing a band just completely fucking disappear up their own arse. Yeah, it's, it's I, and I actually, um, I loved your tweet when you, you said that they, they've been busy enough levitating up their own arses for the past 10 years. I enjoyed that. I do eventually. get snarky on Twitter. At Hanwardy Dave, <laughs> listener. That's where you'll find me. But um, yeah, I have I have no fucking idea what's going on with Muse. They used to be a really, uh, a re- really, really good band. Like, I remember, Showbiz, was that the name of that Showbiz, album? Showbiz, yeah. Fucking fantastic album. It was the first album I heard of theirs. And then what um, went to see them for the Origin of Symmetry tour. They were amazing. Um, and then after that, it seemed like the, the bigger they got, the the more they were trying to quote-unquote experiment, um, I don't think any of it worked after Black Golden Revelations, which I would argue was a decent enough album. Um, but af- after that, I, I, I just let go of them after that. Panic Station's a great song. That's about it. It feels mm. as though they've believed their own hype slash shit. That's exactly yeah, it. Totally. So, th- so that they've both got bigger-headed and, frankly, just kind of disappeared down this rabbit hole with this sort of space rock yeah. Uh, anti-establishment thing that they're trying to spin and just, you know, it, it seems like growing paranoia. Yeah. I'm waiting for an inevitable Matt Bellamy, Tom DeLonge split EP. Oh, oh big God, time, yeah. Gosh, no. That's going to happen. Tinfoil yeah. Don't, don't even around. put that, that energy into the universe that that could happen. They're trying. Don't put that out there. Jim Core on guitar. <laughs> Jim Core on guitar. Yeah. God. Uh, was David Icke a musician? No, he's a sports presenter, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Oh, but throw him in there, why not? Yeah, you can play triangle or something. You can introduce sure. the band. The woodblock. <laughs> With a four hour lecture about lizards. <laughs> now, magnets are holograms, though. That which scares you more, yeah. Yeah, or which is a more fucking ridiculous direction that uh, music stop. is this going. Is, this is going to be great, uh, guys. I don't know what you're talking about. Apparently, have partnered with Simon Fuller. 
Uh, that's as scary as Tom DeLong and Matt Bellamy. The S Club 7 Sven Galli extraordinaire. And like, wasn't he involved with Adele? He, he's had his fingers in many pop pies, right? He, he, he has indeed, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Those fingers got everywhere in a, in a pop context. <laughs> everywhere in a pop context. Um, yeah, something to look forward to next year, though. Apparently, the band um, have said that they're doing an original entertainment experience this that is, involves this, sorry, virtual sorry, reality. Sorry. This is ABBA, not S Club 7. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because no one would give a fuck. Oh wow, oh, virtual oh, man! Do you remember that that S Club Seven reunion that was on some? Um, well, like when they had three, three of them. It was three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I watched that sometimes. I've I've, I've no reason. Played, like, played in my friend's college. Yeah, yeah they played like nightclubs around the country. Yeah, uh, three of them. And yeah. you know, I, I imagine they look quite sad. I bet the blonde yeah. guy is there because what's he been doing? Anyway, Abba. Uh, yeah. yeah, ABBA are basically doing a kind of a weird Westworld thing here, and mm. they're going to be holograms. It's going to be a uh, like hyper-realistic digital humans in the field of entertainment <laughs> is a sentence I don't ever want to read. It's the most Black Mirror thing I've ever heard. That's Please don't mental. derail this podcast with Black Mirror, because I will talk about how, how fucking shit it is. Oh, let's, okay, yeah. let's not. Keep going, guys. Have you been watching that on Netflix? Yeah. It's crap. No, it's let's, not go, let's not go there. It's fucking but... awesome. ABBA. What? <laughs> It is awesome. Black it, Mirror is amazing. Mirror it's is amazing, great. Dave. Do you not think that the show should come with a fucking app in which you can download Charlie Brooker into your room so he sits there next to you and goes, hey, are you shocked yet? I would I'm download really happy with that. the fuck How out of Charlie Brooker into now? my room. Hell yeah. No, it's great. If every great. episode of Black Mirror ended with the Kirby... I want to be Connie Hook. If every episode of Black Mirror ended with the Kirby enthusiasm theme, I would appreciate it a lot more. Because it's, it's just so shocking, listen, man. Listen, of course it's yeah. all done tongue-in-cheek. It's but Charlie it's, fucking Brooker. it's so... It's so, it's like, yeah, Charlie, we get it, man. Technology and phones and, you know, but point do you scoring. Get it? But do, do you, you really? Do I will you? say this. Because, see, what happens is you think you get it, but then you don't. No, that's not, there's no meta commentary here. And also, I'll say this. I'll say this, right, before we move on. I watched the fourth episode last night of the new series, well, San Junipero. Oh, my okay, gosh. I really liked that episode. Good. It's a good episode. Good. It's not a great episode. It's a beautiful, People are losing their fucking mind about it. beautiful piece of but television. But it's, it's a nice error. Uh, but do you know why it's a nice error? Because it doesn't actually do what every fucking other episode does. That's why. Okay. And uh, stellar performances from the two leading ladies involved. And uh, yeah, it was good. But it wasn't amazing. And that fucking Bryce Dallas Harris episode. Fuck off. <laughs> Rubbish. So anyway, We're going to talk about this later. Uh, ABBA, yeah. Well, I reference Westworld, which is arguably just as bad. Um, ABBA are going to apparently be some kind of weird robot people now. And I don't know how I feel about it. Would you take a chance on it? Boom, boom. That's what I want to know. I, like... Would you change your mind? Oh, Dave, leave it out. <laughs> would you be the first in line at this? Oh. I would. I'm into it. I'm yeah. about it. This, I mean, you know, it, like it started, was Tupac one of the first ones? I, definitely the most widely publicised and reported, and I feel like it must have been. That was like yeah. Coachella a few years ago. It was. And then there's been talk of having other people, dead people. There was a Diana Ross one as Was well. there one? A, no, it She's might not, not have dead. been Diana Ross. <laughs> Oh, I'm thinking of someone else then. Never mind. Uh, well, it's it's, uh, it's uh, there was some performance at uh, either the Oscars or the Grammys or something about five years ago. I just find all this the stuff very unsettling. One. I find like even like some of the technology that's being used to de-age people like Michael Douglas and Ant Man and Anthony mm. Hopkins in Westworld. It's really fucking spot on to the point where it's like uncanny valley stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not with it. I don't like it. This is absolute un- uncanny valley. The ultimate question, though, is: Are people going to pay money for this? And I guess they will. Well, like, is it, it going to be like an ABBA theme park? No, I no. I imagine that it's actually going to be like some sort of show, you know, kind of a live event, but using sort of like three D virtual reality, blah 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 blah. Uh. And yeah, I mean, pe- people will pay for it. 
people frankly have paid to see you know people singing ABBA songs in mm-hmm. cover bands Mamma Mia can sell out fucking West End for years mm-hmm. um, and that yeah. god awful movie yeah the Pierce Brosnan's millions. golden singing voice oh god, this, this, this how did that happen fun. this will do money well how did Pierce Brosnan sing yeah, he didn't sing oh sorry yeah. have you seen it no Oh, no, Dave. No, I watched the movie. Dave, uh, <laughs> please. I already have a girlfriend. Why would I bother putting myself through this? And shit? A, an ex-boyfriend made me sit down and watch it, and he was like, "It's going to change your life." Did oh you change his life by <laughs> breaking up with him immediately? <laughs> Not quite immediately, but <laughs> Jesus Christ! I, 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 I made some bad film choices in my time, but that not that one. No, but Pierce Brosnan. You know, th- there's nothing he can't do except sing. Uh, switching gears completely into a. A story that we've kind of covered a couple of times. Yeah. For selfish reasons, which we'll get to. Selfish? I'm not sure that's the word we're looking for. Uh, comedy. Yeah. Comedy reasons. <laughs> well, anyway, um, what isn't funny is if someone was to hire a hitman to kill you. Yeah. It's quite the not claim. Funny. Not, not funny. Not funny, no. Uh, Shug Knight, who <laughs> was shot several times in West Hollywood uh, in 2014. He's in jail at the moment because he's alleged to have murdered somebody. And the camera footage is pretty conclusive. Uh, we still have to say alleged. Though, alleged right? It's allegedly conclusive. And okay. <laughs> <laughs> it even says. It even says like uh, at this point it goes where the where the incident allegedly took place, and it's like it's on camera. Yeah, that's not allegedly. It's yeah. there. Anyway, uh, the point is, Suge Knight has accused Dr. Dre, not this Dre, not me, of um, yeah, of ordering a hitman to kill him, and he he's suing the man for. A Doctor Evil princely sum of three hundred million dollars. Yeah, it's basically ten percent of the three billion he got from the Beats deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Every now and then, something like this comes up, and I feel like it's deflection. <laughs> I feel like it's shit. I, I'm in a bit of a bad spot. I know what I should do now. I should just sue someone for. Do, lots do and you lots know who money. I used to know? Doctor Dre. Do you know, know who Dr. has Dre. loads of money? Doctor Dre. Like, oh, this is mental. It's a complicated lawsuit. It's very TMZ friendly, so let's get past those details. But uh, there has been a retort. There has been a statement. And a representative for Dr. Dre said, given that Dre has had zero interaction with Shug since leaving Death Row Records in 1996, we hope that Shug's lawyer has lots of malicious prosecution insurance. Now, they calling out Thaddeus Culpepper. Thaddeus Culpepper, the greatest name in the history of names, Shug Knight's lawyer, we don't know if he has lots of malicious prosecution insurance, but we do know a lot about him, don't we, Colm? We know that he's got a sterling track record on, on the field. Yeah, yeah, uh, cornerback at Pitt University. Uh, yeah. This is why I was staring blankly at both of you. I was like, I have no idea to, uh, what you're talking about. Let's go back to our, is it our first ever episode? It's either our first or, or our third. Or a second, yeah. uh, in which Colm read out the top ten most ridiculous oh, American yeah, football names yeah, in history. Based on Thaddeus Culpepper's name, uh, I actually I've actually no interest in that story. I just wanted to talk about Thaddeus Culpepper. <laughs> yeah, any uh, any excuse really, isn't but it? But we'll move on to another rapper, uh, a more family friendly rapper these days, Ice Cube. <laughs> well, he is. No, it's, it is true. <laughs> I yeah. know. It's just so lovely. He's I love made, it. He's it's made. one of the most unlikely rein- unlikely reinventions ever, really, yeah, isn't it's it? Beautiful. Like he's gone from like no Vaseline to are we there yet? And it's like okay. So, Rice Cube, who, you know, has rapper, film star, will play Fagin in a new musical adaptation of Charles Dickens' Oliver Twist. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Take a moment to breathe that in. I mean, this sounds truly terrible. It sounds no, must be said. Awful. Well, so Ice Cube is also uh, producing the film, or co-producing. Um, the director of Hamilton, 
uh, the Broadway musical. You know, I've never seen film. anything about that musical. Me but if just you go on Twitter, Twitter or yeah. if you go on to Vulture, or if you go on to any fucking website for the past mm. six months, it's Lin Manuel Miranda yeah. slays the audience once. And I'm, I'm like, I don't want to see this fucking musical because Dude, it's beyond massive. What the hell happened? Yeah, it's huge. It's, it's the huge. demand is just incredible. There's a lottery for tickets, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. What the hell happened? Uh, like funny. He just wrote this unreal musical, and everyone's gone nuts. You'll remember uh, my epic conversation with Vic. Mensa, uh, of which you heard a, a little excerpt uh, at the kind of half year review. Um, during it, we discussed Hamilton, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'd love to see it if I could get tickets." And he's like, "Yeah, me too, dude." Because <laughs> oh, he yeah? can't get tickets. Yeah, <laughs> nobody can get fucking tickets to Hamilton. Uh, it's Alan quite ridiculous. I believe of Ju- of the Juvenalia podcast and the Heads to Podcast Network. I believe he got tickets. What's he got that Vic Mensa don't got? That's what I want to know. He's got a podcast. That's true. I can see Vic Mensa having a podcast. You've got a now. podcast. I don't want to go see fucking Hamilton. Oh, well, then what's the point in having a podcast? i got to make a confession here right now, guys. What? I've never seen a musical. What? Really? What do you mean? I've never been to a musical. You do realise that this is the point that presumably Andre and I do the rest of the show in song. I hope so. To make up, <laughs> to make up for that fact. Can you, can you finish the story in song? No, absolutely you not. Be a I'll do my soprano. best. I, I used to being the operative words there. <laughs> uh, nobody really wants to see me give uh, I Have a Dog Whose Name is Spot I saw a blast a production, right I saw a production of Godspell when I was in school. I was, about, no, that I was a young boy, and I remember one of the women in the play came over and did something very sultry, and I, and I went red. Sultry? Yeah. Oh. She had like a feather boa, she <laughs> clasped me close to her bosom. Similar to Cullum. I just said the word bosom on the podcast. Good lord. What? No wonder, no wonder broadsheet.ie described us as using salty language. They oh, did. Yeah, we got a shout out on broadsheet uh, as one of the shows to listen to in the wake of TXFM's uh, Limerent Death Dem- why, why are you putting the, you putting the mask back on? Because Dre just mentioned it while we were discussing God damn, your sultry, sultry musical person Yeah you look that just like her so um, <laughs> Sexual awakening for me in a church uh, What am I saying? So, <laughs> back so to Ice Cube uh, Charles, Dickens. Charles Dickens will be uh, brought to the screen in sterling fashion by Ice Cube as Fagin uh, The Wicked Fagin So yeah, I've never seen this either Oliver Twist, doesn't really appeal to me Have you seen me. the film? Oliver. No, I've seen that big scene that everyone goes on about. Ah, where, wa- where he wants more food or something. Isn't he's it? always after more food. Jesus God, he's mad for the food. What? David is complete lack of... You know, that scene, that scene where he wants more food or something. Yeah. The thing that, that kind of alarms me most about this, because as, 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 as a story, it's, it's beautiful. I, lo- I love the idea of it. But it says that... Um, it's Disney are doing it and will reportedly be a modern treatment of the story which will include several different musical genres including hip hop. I'd be all about it if it was a hip hop version of it but I have a feeling that it's just going to get into kind of tokenism with in terms of like what what would hip hop be in in this kind of story. Yeah, I, you know mean, I mean we've seen it with kind of like modern versions of Shakespearean stories mm. uh, like oh that was good. Well, it was, but it was a little bit like... Because well, he was a basketball player. <laughs> I haven't instance. seen this. Uh, it's, it's Mackay Pfeiffer, Josh Hartnett, and Julia Stiles. Presumably Julia Stiles. Yeah, Julia Stiles. I yeah, in Julia fucking Stiles. everything. What's wrong with Julia Stiles? Every, I fucking... I hate her. I hate what? her. I hate her so much. She's oh a good God. actress. She's Every brilliant. two-bit Shakespearean adaptation she was that they had things, around She was in 10 Things I Hate About she You was with, amazing uh, with Heath Ledger. Things. May he yeah. rest in peace. I, I think she has a background in English lit, and so that's why she landed all these roles. How, how dare she? 
Man, she's be got, in all these she's, roles she's got that big, she's, with this background. She's got that big emotional speech. I have that background. Why am I not in those roles? <laughs> hey, she's got that big emotional speech to Heath Ledger. Oh the, the titular, the eponymous 10 things she hates about him. Oh. You know what, man? I think you need to hear that again. I hate the way you talk to me and the way you cut your hair. I hate the way you drive my car. I hate it when you stare. I hate your big dumb combat boots and the way you read my mind. I hate you so much it makes me sick. It even makes me rhyme. I hate it. I hate the way you're always right. I hate it when you lie. I hate it when you make me laugh. Even worse, when you make me cry. I hate it when you're not around and the fact that you didn't call. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. The emotion. I, I remain untouched. The emotion of it all. No, I'm good. But she loves him. He's dead. He's dead, Colin. Yeah. He, Heat Ledger, the Joker, is dead. What? No, that, that's a different movie. Is it? <laughs> no. All right. No, I saw I saw 10 Things I About You in the cinema. I quite enjoyed it. Cool. Um, and oh, it was fine. It was grand. But, uh, like, you know, Andrea talks about the idea of tokenism. And, I mean, you say that. But Ice Cube was also lined up to play Ebenezer Scrooge in an adaptation of A Christmas Carol, thus proving your point. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood doesn't really see beyond. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, at least he's he's producing the Oliver one. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, 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 ju- it's just that it's going to be several genres, including hip-hop, that makes me a bit alarmed. Uh, I'm very excited for I quite like the idea, though, if Ice Cube continues this, uh, I would like to see him play Pip. In Great Expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see uh, Ice Cube running Bleak House. <laughs> I'd like to see a, a Leopold Bloom kind of just straight up Ulysses. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, just, just dive into the rest. Portrait then. of the, the rapper the as a young man. Starring Ice Cube. It's Get him into Shakespeare. I, I, I'd watch him do Macbeth. Oh, good. yeah. Be good Macbeth. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I miss the days when Ice Cube was a rapper with venomous punch in his voice. I think he still has that presence. I my, think he, my mom uh, confiscated uh, Ice Cube album from me when I was young. Did you ever get it back? Um, I, it, I probably Was it thrown it on like a fire with lots of but, other... Uh, yeah, she just saw the parental advisory uh, explicit thing on the front of it. Um, took it out of my room and listened to it and told me I couldn't have it back. And the same with Curtain Call, I think. Eminem. Yeah. Jesus yeah, Christ. Well. Yeah, yeah. On the flip side of that, I know somebody whose parents were very impressed when he was buying Dr. Dre records because he was a doctor. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, swings and roundabouts, I guess. Yeah. Uh, in my old college and your old college, Colm, there was a, a man there by the name of Dr. Death. I walk, walk by his door and see Dr. Death and I was like, that's fucking brilliant. That's his real name? I believe his name Dr. is like Dr. Stephen Death, but it says Dr. Death. <sighs> my and goodness. there was another one, and no one believes me about this, but I swear on my fucking life, there was Dr. I Wanna Snacka. <laughs> Oof. I w- yeah. Yeah. I'm serious. DCU, look it up. Okay, fair in, enough. In my school, uh, my, mu- my music teacher was called uh, Mr. Feely. And there was uh, uh, lots of charges brought against. There them. was a uh, a rumor that went around that his oh. uh, his wife was called Ivana, um, okay. and nice. It, nice. it was somewhat true. Her name was Giovanna. Were you fifteen? Um, were you say? There's a UFC fighter. His name is Andre Feely, and his nickname is Touchy. Oh, that's good. <laughs> well, anyway, look. What I was going to say before we got horrendously derailed there was, and possibly into yeah dangerous legal territory. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> no one got killed. Um, <laughs> I would like to say that I miss the days when Ice Cube had a bit a bit of venom to his voice. Uh, two men in the world of hip-hop who definitely have that venom 
are back amongst us. They lead yeah. our Songs of the Week charge this week. This yeah. is the glorious and welcome return of Killer Mike and LP, better known as Run the Jewels. This is Talk to Me. We return from the depths of the Batman with a gun and a knife and a waistband. With the war with the devil and Shaytan. He wore a bad toupee and a spray tan. So high now, hoping that I land. On a tie stick, moving through Thailand. On the radio, heard a plane hijack. Government did that by the cook crack. I'm moving the world of conspiracies. Obey no rules, I'm doing me. Smoke kush transport to the airport. Customs found a joint in my passport. Full cash and I gave him what he asked for. God damn it, it's a motherfucking miracle. Small bride made it back into America. Hit Uber and maneuvered out the area. Rhyme animal, pitbull terrier. Okay, uh, or TJ3, motherfuckers, as Killer Mike espoused in that two and a half minute jam. How good is it to hear from them again? It's oh, absolutely man. fantastic. It's brilliant. And frankly, this song as well did exactly what I wanted, which was, you know, just, just a continuation, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I'm not always a fan of, of bands who are just kind of, you know, regurgitating the same style or kind of revisiting what they've done before. I'm absolutely fine with this album being mm-hmm. a sequel, if that is going to be what it is. Because it's awesome and there's just not enough of it out there. That's alluded to, isn't it? It's, it's, um, I don't remember the exact lyric, but it was something along the lines of what, whatever wasn't done on, um, on RTJ1 and RTJ2. It's like, okay, now we need a third one. So mm-hmm. it's nice to see a hip hop album coming out in a year of incredible, like 2016, 2015 have had incredible, um, albums, especially around Black Lives Matter and around kind of everything politically that's going on and it's really great to see an album that's going to come out that seems to have purpose and I'm really excited for it. It's also one of the beautiful things they do, like you say, you know, they aren't afraid of addressing issues but it's never at the cost of sort of pushing the envelope musically as yeah. well. It's never issue-tainment. It's, it's, yeah. And I think part of it is even just the way that they work as a pair um, you, you know, Killer Mike and, and, and LP, that they are sort of separate functions in the one thing, so that basically you know there's going to be killer beats no matter what the lyrical oh, yeah. content Well, is. I mean, like mm-hmm. on this track alone, like uh, LP kind of postulates that he's the son of Rick Rubin, which obviously is, you know, he's, he's kind of the heir apparent, and not a terrible call, really. I mean, I think he has... LP brings so much of a punch and a crunch to his to his production that's just beautiful to listen to. I mean, the first time I ever heard an LP record, I came to the party quite late. I heard Cancer for Cure a few years ago, and I was just fucking blown away by it. I was blown away by the sound of it. I was like, this just sounds incredible. It sounds like nothing else. And once again, he's working his magic here. I love both these men's individual voices. I think that they complement each other incredibly well. They're capable of humor and capable of skewering the kind of the current climate in such a fashion like I mean like they reference Donald Trump here kind of quickly and move on it's not it's it's not that Eminem track that you guys exactly, were talking yeah, about yeah, last yeah. week it was it was really it was amazing to to listen to this kind of off the off the back of having listened to last week's episode where you guys were talking a lot about hip-hop and a lot about the relationship between hip-hop and politics and especially in a year like 2016 and for me, th- this is how it's, well, <laughs> for me, uh, a white girl in Dublin, you know, but, um, but for me, this is how it's done. It's not, it, it's not supposed to be shoving in your face, I'm not voting for Trump. It's supposed to be It's a com- It's a comment, and, and you, you move past it. And yeah. It's like, they, they're, they're so skillful. They're so fast. Like, they move so mm. quickly, mm. and their songs have incredible replay value. Those first two records, I mean, you know, this they, they were sequels. So this is like the next one. Like it, they should follow the same path. I mean, like ultimately, it takes great skill to essentially almost make the same track over and over again in a way 
and for it not to be boring and that's kind of yeah. what they're doing it, yeah. it's basically dispatches from these two and like whatever's in their head at the time whatever beats they happen to use and I mean like I cannot wait for this record I oh hope my it's God. coming this year I don't know if it is but ultimately I know it's in safe hands mm-hmm. if this project kept going I, I don't really see it running out of steam they just seem to have an incredible handle on things and I mean Killer Mike's amazing LP is just as good but I feel like I could listen to that man read the fucking phone book. Yeah. He just has incredible cadence to his voice and incredible command and power. And and so technically good yeah. while still managing to sound conversational at times in this track and kind of just airing on like go, going off script or something. It's just so natural and still yeah. so technically brilliant. There's also kind of know? an iron fist velvet glove thing going on. Yeah, big time. Yeah, There are kind of delicate touches to yeah. it and there's nuance yeah. uh, as well as having that parody. And also, moment. they rarely have choruses. You yeah. Know? yeah. They, don't, yeah, they yeah. don't fucking need them. Yeah. It's just, you know, you're just blindsided by this thing. And yeah. it's incredibly powerful. So, yeah, uh, we're all fanboys and fangirls here. And I guess that's it for Songs of the Week. Oh, no, wait, there's four more. Nowhere near <laughs> as good as this one. And, oh, God, it's not really great, is it? Pick a number. Well, to okay. be honest, no, I, I don't think we're even going to pick a number quite right now because we're going to immediately go from the very subtle and nuanced political commentary of Run the Jewels oh, to the slightly less so. This is Pussy Riot. And this is a song called Straight Outta Vagina. Like Dave Satek, he's a cool guy, cool producer. Apparently, he's responsible for this. He's also responsible for the last BDI album. You know, he's done yeah. some great stuff with TV on the radio, but I'm starting to question the man. And but this, Dre, as, as, an, as, as an, a woman, as a, is as that an, what you're doing? As an ethnomusicologist, <laughs> as a vagina yeah, owner, as a vagina owner. Um, okay, like. The song, it's 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 not good. Uh, I'd rather listen to Peaches. I'd just rather listen to Peaches or uh, La Tigra or CSS or what? Who, who, CSS. Who, oh, I love CSS. Fuck Don't start hell. me. Don't start me, man. Um, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm not dis. I'm just like, it's a clear four or five years oh, since I've heard anyone oh, else talk okay. about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, this this track sounds exactly like uh, Lost Ketchup trying to do a version of a song that that they want to sound like CSS. Yeah, yeah, the hey ha people. people. Sorry, that's not coming across on the mic. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this song isn't nearly as shocking as they think it is. Um, I know Russia is a different place for women and Russia is a different place for LGBT people. Uh, But this is made for the Russian audience. No, it's not. It's made to be global. It's not nearly as shocking as they think it is. Um, I will say the rap verse is deadly. I really like it. (laughs) I think it's great. I think the the whole song should have been like that. But no, it just seems... 
It just sounds it's like a parody, funny. doesn't it? Yeah, it's funny to me, but not. it doesn't make me feel empowered. Um, it's almost like an episode of Black Mirror in where like, it's oh my just God. really obnoxious. No, it's not. Really, no, it's really not. Obnoxious, really, really proud of itself, really smug about it. No, it, it's a bad Pussy Riot song. Well, are there and any good fine. Pussy Riot songs? Because not let's really. be honest here, they're a terrible band. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they stand for something and that's mm. great. But much like the Sex Pistols, it sounds like crap. But it's as much d- performance art, isn't it? Of course it is. But yeah. ultimately, you're still releasing songs. You're still getting into a studio. And you're still making music. You're still oh, yeah. Writing oh, and yeah. Recording in and that releasing respect, music. it's fucking terrible. I think on that level, you have to be like, well, I'm sorry, but this is not listenable. This is irritable dirge. I wouldn't and say it's not listenable. It's I think not that fun. there's. But there, uh, it's. There's been far worse released this year. I just think that Pussy Riot, they they need to kind of put their money where their mouth is at, at this point because they, they have so much to say. And as people, I like them. Uh, yeah, well, as people, you know. they seem cool. And I mean, like, they're Yeah, they're, they're cool and they stand for girls, something. As, uh, look, Brandon, look, O'Connor, Brandon O'Connor, yeah, you, like, you beat me to it. I was going to say, like, you know, two of them had the unfortunate uh, situation to be caught in the Brandon O'Connor crossfire a Gosh. while ago. And if you haven't seen that, listener, get onto YouTube because that was arguably the most awkward television mm. interview of all time. And their interpreter, Cullen, is pissing himself <laughs> over here in the corner. It's just a memory. Uh, their interpreter was there and, like, Brandon O'Connor was just doing his usual... Oh, it, was, oh, it was horrible. He was like, yeah. like, what was he even trying to do? It was so crap Irish chat show like times a hundred and just yeah. really embarrassed like you watch it from behind the couch you're like this is just bad mm. you know they're on House of Cards like I get that they've got broad international appeal but ultimately it's a gimmick you know well, it, well, it, that, well that's the, the thing it's, that's, that's it's the pink and blue of... and green balaclavas that they wear it's yeah. the message that they're spreading and look that's great and, and I, but look, that's you know, kind of what, what I was going to say is that but as a band, they, they are a gimmick they're they're a they're, they're a political statement and I and I think you know, you, you have to ask if, if you're going to be a political statement, if you're going to try and do that musically, how, how, how good does it have to be if, if, you're, if all of your headlines are about your politics and not your music? They released you three, songs, I mean? uh, three songs this week, actually, and this was like the first one I heard and I wasn't going to go near the other two. Um, I will. I was just, you know, I was like, we picked this one, so we'll go with this one. Um, which kind of makes me, the next song we're going to talk about Actually, the next two songs we're going to talk about is kind of doing the same thing. Just real quick, not to get into like a massive tangent here, but like, what do we think about? Because it's been asked before, you know, is the album is music being devalued as a concept when it's so readily available and when albums come out with no ceremony and even some releases more than one album and mm. is on different streaming services, etc. I've never felt that way, but when an artist drops two or three tracks in the space of two or three weeks, that does make me kind of it makes this the individual single that I first heard less special or something. I'm just kind of like you know like. The three Pussy Riot songs out. The, you know the next the next few people are going to talk about have released more than one at the same time. Even the weekend releasing two tracks off his record back to back, like in the space of a few days. Uh, I don't like when that happens. Does it? Am I the only? I'm one? I'm fine with it because usually you get a music video, and I'm a big fan of music videos. But that's kind of the only saving grace for me. But yeah. um, it doesn't. I I don't think it devalues the the concept of an album. I mean, you if you look at t- twenty years ago, there would be three singles released off an album before you'd get the album. You know what I mean? It's spaced out quite a bit. And now it's kind of like, you know, here's half the album in, like, you know... Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think that's just what we're used to. Um, You go back a couple of years and the idea of getting a full TV series at one go 
as you do on Netflix, would have been a horrifying idea. Oh, yeah. shit. Did, did I just do an old man shouts at Clive? Yeah, I'm pretty... I, I think you might have. I think I might have done that. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Do you miss CDs, Dave? I do miss CDs. Do I, I miss my mini-disc, okay? Oh, oh my mini-disc. I had a mini-disc, yo. I had, to, I had to bring a mini-disc to the gym not so long ago. I think I was, you had to bring it to like, get put down by like, <laughs> no, an electrician or no, something. No, my iPod was broken and uh, like, I needed to listen to something. Uh, look what I'm Do you have a rocking. phone? I didn't at the time. Or at least not a good one. Okay. I'm having an absolute nightmare with audio lately. Headphone jack on my phone is busted. My iPod gets about 20 minutes to charge, and I'm using this relic that you see in front of you from, like, 1992, which uh, won't... I have to pull the earphones out a bit in order for both ears to work, and therefore you lose a lot of the frequencies. I'm probably doing irreparable damage to my brain right now. Old man shouts a cloud this, indeed. This looks... I'm, I'm just looking it's at quaint, Dave's MP3 player, and it's it looks quaint. dangerous. It's quaint. It's it very looks dangerous. dangerous. Speaking of, um, you know, doing irreparable damage to my brain, there's a new song by The Shins, hey. a band that people seem to love to love, including the last run of TXFM. I believe John Cadell picked a Shin song as his exit music, which, you know, I don't know. I've never got this band. People seem to have a weird graw for them. I don't. But Andrea will be happy because it's a Halloween-themed song. Oh, yeah. With a Halloween-themed video. Yeah. It's called Dead Alive, and uh, see what you think. That's the Shins and Shins superfan Andrea Cleary. Ah, here. Like. We'll now <laughs> review this song. Change your life, Dave. Change I, your life. Get those, get, those, get those headphones on. Uh, oh, God. Really? Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a Shins superfan. Uh, I just I think they're fine and I think that they get a lot of shit. They got some shit last week on this very podcast, I think. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, new new slang was brought up. If I can crowbar it in, I will. Yeah. Um, no, this this is you know it's it's a Shin song with a little bit of spook in it, and I'm fine with that. I quite like the Shins. They're really you know just doddle along indie music. Is that what we want? You don't really. Is that well, what we want? So, sometimes this yeah. This is this is a nice walking during the autumn time song, and that's fine. It doesn't have the to be more The most autumnal human being, by the way. Autumn in uh, personification that's form nice. over here is Andrea. I've no, never met no, someone. But, but, but she's, she's made me learn to love October. Aww. Oh, that sounds like an emo song. Oh, it so <laughs> does, mate. Doesn't it? It so does. Oh, my God. She's made me learn to love October. <laughs> Write that down. Do you remember my, my email um, my email thing? Am All right, I, let's... Okay, well, well, before we do, I'm not going to say that, but I am going to say that I... I had the best one of those because uh, I remember like you know fa- you know like Facebook becomes increasingly more invasive and it just tells you where to, you don't necessarily need to know yeah. I clicked on someone's profile a while ago like about a year ago and it said and like this to me is my, this is my email band name your friend since September <laughs> how good is that that's the most but that's just Green Day isn't it wake me up when September ends. Yeah. but will anything beat there was a band in Galway years ago uh, me and my mate uh, in my old band, we, we we would laugh at this band name because it was so bad. The band was called Reasons to Be Beautiful, Aww, and the big song was called adorable. Say It With Flowers. <laughs> that's very cute. As for the Shins, um, this is a Shins song, so you know what I think about it, Dre. Yeah, it's it's 
Right. So the shins, I think they're they're doing what they've always done. Their themes are kind of around space and neighborhoods and kind of ideas of nostalgia. They seem to do it both in lyrics and tone here. Um, the reverb and the vocals, I think, is quite nice. Um, it, it kind of throws back to very early Shin stuff. Um, but it's it's a really sweet album. It's just like it's or it's a really sweet song. It's like if the Shins listened to a couple of Dead Man's Bones tracks and decided to make a song about that, and I'm fine with that. Is that, that. Ryan Gosling's band? Yeah, that yeah. No yeah. one talks about. Yeah, ever. The, his Halloween band. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, look, it's a Shin song, like you say. Yeah. There's not a ton to enjoy here. I, I I kind of agree with you, although I would put a more negative slant on you know they're one of those pottering yeah. along indie bands yeah um i feel as though modest but i feel like Ma- that's it's okay to be that though no but i feel as though and the same goes for a band like modest mouse say where you know if they're on it if they're good then it can be very good but it does actually take you know whether it be a, a fantastic melody or you know something a little more upbeat something a little bit special i guess to raise its game i i i think this has something special in it that we haven't heard in Shin's tracks before like it's got a little um, like an electric organ part towards the end of it um, that just sounds really spooky and really cool I don't I, I just I'm on the positive side of that Sorry. Sorry, fine then. I I, I don't know what else to say about this band so I won't talk with them anymore (laughs) but we will talk about Pharrell who's back with a couple of songs from a soundtrack one of which sounds like this featuring Lala Hathaway there with Surrender. It's from a new movie called Hidden Figures starring Octavia Spencer. And, I mean, it kind of brings to mind Justin Timberlake's song for the Troll soundtrack, but maybe it's a bit better? Yeah, a little bit better, to be fair. But yeah, I think you're right. It does sound like something that hasn't exactly been imbued with a ton of personality, shall we mm-hmm. put it that way? We shall put it that way. It has, It is, though, imbued with that Pharrell sound, which I am still very much down with. Uh, it hasn't changed an awful lot. It reminds me of a couple of months ago when we kind of discussed, you know, how Timbaland left his fingerprints all over every track for a span of about a year there a while back. Um, Pharrell, a little more sparing, but uh, yeah, he's all over this one again. My my one and only note that I kind of have written down on it is that it's a fine but forgettable pop song. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's kind of exactly what it is. It's I, I um, listened to it a couple of times and then a few hours later I was like, I wonder if I could hum this back. I couldn't, yeah. um, but it's it's got it's got some really nice electric guitar runs later in the song. It's got um, a good vocal in the future, like you know, it sounds yeah. it sounds perfectly pleasant. Yeah, and it's really it's really well produced, but probably overly I, so. I but expect it will be used as a montage in the movie in which good times are afoot. Yes, and with that, I'll tell you what you won't hear when good times are afoot in this movie. You won't hear Drake in his new project. Uh, I believe it's called More Love, but I find Drake so boring that I've already forgotten most about this. Again, two or three tracks emerge from this new project. This new project from Drake. It's a new project from Drake, which sounds like Drake. To take over your city and you can't stand it. My account say you're sick and like the Titanic. 
David Blaine last summer, man, you had to vanish. I get the hits like somebody pitching underhanded. Got my Spanish team convinced that I know Spanish. Really, when she get to talking, I don't understand it. You ain't on it right away, you had to wait on niggas. Man, I'm only 29, had some patience with us. Plus, I never met nobody from my label, nigga. I just pop up with the music, then they pay a nigga, yeah. Shit ain't been the same like before. So that's uh, that's sneaking by Drake. Fantastic uh, song name. I'm sorry, song title. That's amazing. If, it, if a song title ever ends in an apostrophe, sneakin'. I can't help but put on that voice and oh, sound brilliant. like an absolute prick. Sneaking, yeah. sneaking. <laughs> it's great. Uh, it's a Drake song. Yeah, it is. Fucking hell, oh. cheer up, mate. <laughs> Seriously, like I mean, it can't be just me, right? He's the most miserable man in hip hop. Oh. I'm see right. My my whole problem with this song is that sad Drake. I'm okay with a heartbroken Drake. I'm okay with misogynistic Drake. Where's this come from? Where's this coming from? What the fuck? Like he's a good guy. Hang on a second. Hang on a minute. I'm going to point you to a song. Okay. From 2009, which sounds right. Like... Forget. I'm not entirely his biggest. Let's have a listen fan, to. Let's, but... have a, let's listen to best I ever had. Shall we? Oh yeah, just know my condo is the crack spot. Every single show she out there repping like a mascot. Get it from the back and make your fucking bra strap pop. All up in your slot till the nigga hit the jackpot. You all I ever wanted. We could do it real so there you go, that's Drake, that's the best I ever had, a much better song than this. I and, stand corrected. Um, yeah, there you go, there's him being nice with women. But then again, this song also does have that great uh, couplet where he says, uh, what was it? Sweatpants, hair tied, chilling with no makeup on. That's when you're the prettiest. I hope that you don't take it wrong. Oh, <laughs> that's what makes you beautiful. Like fuck off. Don't get into One Direction. Like I don't, I, I don't need <laughs> I'll sing, Drake. I'll, I'll sing it's, One Direction again. I'll hear. Can um, we have a One Direction special at some stage? Drake is boring, yeah. but he's popular. He is the most streamed artist in Spotify history, with over 880 million streams on one dance, a song that probably won't make my shortlist by the end of the year. He, I believe, has sold out the three arena twice now at 85 mm. to 90 euro a pop. It's the hottest ticket in town, not named Justin Bieber, which I didn't get tickets to, but whatever. Um, they'd be able to lads there in their late 20s or 30s wearing New Balance. I don't need to be there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, staring back at them. <laughs> um, but if someone is there, listener, please ring me during I'll Show You, because that's a tune. As for Drake, uh, he hasn't made anything as good as that song in quite a while, or Best I Ever Had. And oh, I, we have to call him out. He says, he says in the song that he's 29, turned 30 this week. Oh, Think really? ahead, man. Think ahead. But no, like what? That, is that just going to be his his answer I'd... to the life of Pablo, where he goes back <laughs> to all the songs and changes his age every well, year? Well, if he knew that this was when his big secret project was going to start leaking, you know, maybe he thinks you're going to buy the record next year. I'm what not. I'm not ever buying this record. <laughs> yeah, no, nor am I. This is this is not impressive. And frankly, yeah, you've got to wonder who's going to buy this record. Just where the demand is, apart from those who you know somehow just want more. Of the same, because it really doesn't sound like anything yeah. original, anything new, anything groundbreaking, anything different. You've got to wonder what the other poor bloke involved here feels. Well, this is yeah. the thing. The feature on this is not good. And it reminds me of a comedy song, um, an amazing comedy song called Lemme Smang It. Do you know that song? No, no. It's amazing. Maybe. I mean, I'm 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 aware that I can't possibly link to another song within this song, because I've already done that once, because that would yeah. be like a weird Inception version of this. Yeah. But you know what? It's Halloween. Have a listen to this. Let me smash it too, so let's 
smash it in, baby. Let me smash it, girl. Smash it in, smash it in. Um, so there you go that's a comedy song which I quite enjoy and it's yeah that, that's what came to mind I, I, I don't like this song I, I don't think it's bad it has a bit of life and that's what that's good it's, do you think this is better than the Shin song yeah this Drake song is absolutely, better absolutely yes, yes definitely much better you're wrong yeah. it has, it has, you're wrong it has, it has more interesting production and has a more interesting atmosphere I'm also it has really, a more interesting atmosphere it does yeah the Shin song is bursting with atmosphere. Bursting with atmosphere. It is bursting with atmosphere. I'm also more... that the, the the very closing riot of the Drake of the song. Yeah. <laughs> it's a riot of the senses. I'm really looking forward to Drake calling his boys on somebody. That's brilliant. I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine Drake and his boys? All of them in like cashmere sweaters or something. The funniest thing about that to me Lynch was... Lynch rolling was that, their pants and yeah. watching a basketball game. But when when he was going to write this song, he was obviously going to write, you know, a call-out song, a song that's going to make him look tough. Yeah. And the main hook in it is him getting his friends to help him. Okay. Like he's yeah. not able to do it I'll on his own. After you. Yeah, that was... Incredible. It's <laughs> There's an amazing... Uh, on the day that it's been announced that Vine is, is no longer going to be part of Twitter oh, and therefore is dying... Uh, there's an amazing vine of Drake storming into a nightclub and like the bench trying to hold him back and like it's all very emotional and it says uh, Drake heard that someone was heartbroken in the club. Oh, stop! Yeah. I love that. Fantastic. Although Drake is huge now, so he could probably make his way into. He's the hench, if he and I to. presume his boys are even henchier than he is. Mm. Um, yeah, but you can still see him with tears rolling down his oh. face, saying, "I can't believe you made me do that." <laughs> Okay, well, let's go from one 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 extreme set of emotions to another, and two gentlemen who I think are better at expressing like what Drake has been trying to do, and certainly musically, and probably I think lyrically as well. Uh, we've had Week of Corners on the podcast before; they were excellent guests. We hoped at the time that they would make an excellent record, so that we won't feel awkward about reviewing it. But we haven't, you know, we we don't talk about the albums in advance on this show, so I don't know what the two people sitting in front of me think, and they don't know what I think. But we're going to tell you right now. The Cadences of Others is the new album from Week of Corners. And let's have a listen to O. second single from the cadences of others oh there and it comes about midway through this 10 track record and i have to say i liked the song when i heard it first i love it now i think in the context of this record it's absolutely perfectly placed and a real highlight of an album that i'm very impressed by but cullen we'll throw to you first yeah uh, to be fair like you say we'd kind of hoped that this was going to be a good record it's no secret that yeah they are friends of the show uh, we like the guys, and you know, we, I've enjoyed what they've put out so far. I feel they're an extremely underrated band, if I'm perfectly honest, even though Think Nothing got a uh, choice, choice prize no, yeah. nod a few years ago. It, it probably didn't, you know, get the sort of plaudits that it deserved, um, didn't, you know, sort of launch the band quite like I feel they should have been. Um, whether or not this record can achieve that, I'm not sure, but it is a great record. Um, it opens for me phenomenally yeah. well. I mean, it, it opens with a track called Middle Kids, which genuinely is sort of like fu- funeral neon Bible time arcade fire. That's mm-hmm. a really good comparison. That, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's excellent. It, it is huge. And, and from there, you know, it, like it keeps going. 
um, reluctant recluse is probably a little more like their staple sound. And then obviously, you know, they, they have that delicate touch, um, something like, oh, something like Blood Vessels, Traffic Island. Of whatever. Yeah, they can sort of peel it back, as it were. Um, yeah, excellent stuff. I must say I was very impressed. Yeah, I was I was the exact same. I, I heard their um their single on Avoiding People was the first single off it, I think. Um on the now deceased TXFM uh dur- during the summer and it w- it was a bit of a head turny moment and I was like, "Oh, what what the fuck is this? This is really really great. I've never I've never heard a voice like this. You know, this this voice is amazing." Uh, I w- was completely unfamiliar with with the first uh two albums, too. Um, so I, I went into this kind of really not knowing very much of anything about them and I just was floored by some of the some of the tracks on it I think of of whatever is one of the best songs I've heard this year um, it's definitely going to make some kind of a short list for me um, there's I mean Mil- Milk Teeth I don't really know where it came from yeah. I'm fine with it um, I just it, it it was kind of thrown in between of whatever and oh and it feels like a if the pixies were more interested in making a better record than the one that they put out recently head carrier uh, okay. i'm not sure it works in the context of the album yeah or if the I, strokes at a box of blue smarties yeah <laughs> it's it's pretty fucking chaotic and i mean yeah. the thing about weak corners if you've never heard weak corners before i mean how do you even begin to try and describe them i Did- mean they're a duo who make a big sound, but that's not really fair, and that sounds almost patronising. I mean, they deal in very artful leanings. I mean, one one man's precious is another man's pretentious. I happen to quite like them. And here's how you know I quite like them, apropos of any kind of you know leanings that we, we may have had by having them on the podcast before. In one of my old bands, they supported us. Oh, and wow. as, we, as we were getting ready to go on stage, some A&R fucker came over and like gave them a card and like then disappeared. And I was like, oh, that, that's what you want to see before you go on stage, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, but they were absolute gentlemen then. They're absolute gentlemen now. And yeah, they're very... Didn't ar- give us a thank you, though. Which? They didn't thank us on the credits. Oh, for fuck's sake. They said they would. Well, you know what? It's a three out of ten for me. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, like, I find them very difficult to describe because I feel like, you know, I don't want to... I don't want to say that they're, they're the kind of band that you'd expect to see close out an episode of Newsnight, but but you could see it, right? Because I mean, like you know, it's like it's it's ambitious, elegant music, and mm. it's like it's very deliberate. Like even the the lyrics that are used. I mean, you got you got lines like you know, uh, I was reckless child, now I'm a childless wreck. I they, love yeah. that. Line. They do that incredible thing that. of just like being simplistic, but in, in that kind of overt every, way. Every time I go out and end up at your house, I confuse it for home. That like that punched me in the face. That line, <laughs> I was like, God damn, what is this? <laughs> but you go back to a song like Go Easy, which is a fucking beautiful like short snappy song where he's got like you know um i used to be a lover now i go without i used to be a fire but you put me out like i mean like like little things like that where it's like i feel like if i wrote them down i'd be like dave no this is terrible mm. but like whether it's john or Connell delivering them they just mm. c- they've so much conviction they commit to the they have so much so, authenticity yeah, as well they, like, they, re- they mean every single word that they're singing you know yeah what's more as well i think you know, I, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I imagine that there are some people who will probably see Connell's voice as a bit of a kind of a marmite thing. Uh, he does obviously have that upper register, which not everybody is going to be with. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I adore it. I think it's phenomenal. I, I think this band needs it, for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But it's it's the way in which a song can, I, I guess, kind of traverse so much and, and go so far 
without ever losing that sort of sense of coherence. Which, which is difficult to do because there are other bands and other similar vocalists where you're just like, nah, mate, you're just a fucking git. But you don't get it here. Like, yeah, then like it could almost sound like somebody is showing two off different people or as a word. Like, you know, like I've read a lot of US. books or something mm-hmm. like, 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 I mean, like, but I think Weaker Corners, like they do, they straddle that line as well. And I wonder if that is why they're not, you know, arguably quote unquote bigger than they possibly should or, you know, could be. Uh, because, you know, it's like not the easiest sell of a band in the world, despite the fact that the music they make is very, you know, it's quite delicate. The arrangements are mm. really fucking impressive. Mm-hmm. There's nothing here that should put you off, but it's it's not following your classic A to B indie rock thing. Like, mm. like, like that's why they're hard to categorize. And like Windings, who we talked about previously on mm-hmm. the show, I think that's a very good thing. Yeah. And ultimately, does that mean that they'll have to kind of slave away at day jobs while pursuing their art probably but ultimately yeah. they, they're making the music that they want to make and i will say that you know three albums in i do think that this is their most coherent narrative i th- i think it's their mm-hmm. most kind of realized work yeah and i like the previous two records for sure but this is the one that i was like it's kind of like vampire weekend's third record i was like mm-hmm. ah you've nailed it yeah yeah, yeah. i absolutely you've, agree you've figured it out yeah, you've nailed it now and yeah and, and this was recorded in a church it was and, and, it you, and you can hear it yeah and you he, can hear it in um on of on avoiding people the single which is you know just a really it's a really really good pop song mm-hmm. but when when you listen to it not to do the whole oh listen with headphones but <laughs> when you listen to it on headphones you can you can hear you can hear how much the vocals are really, really driving that song. And you can hear that it was really important for them to be recorded in a place where they can shine. Where You can can also hear not just, you know, the traces of uh, working with Conor O'Brien, but you can can hear his influence. Absolutely. I feel like this sits quite interesting as a companion piece to the last Villagers record, Darling Arithmetic, in that it's much more of a... It's it's a more charged version of that kind of sound, I think, and which which is what you want from Weaker Corners because especially if you see them live, you know they kind of do a national and they really kind of rev it up, yeah, and it's excellent. And yeah, I mean, I think they're one of the best bands in the country, and and I'm absolutely delighted that this record has come out the way that it has because when we spoke to them a few months ago, you could tell, you know, they were like, like I wouldn't have accuse them of any kind of pressure but I think that they were like I think that they were like you know we believe in this record and oh, yeah. we want people to believe in it too and yeah it only took me a couple of listens and I was like yeah and also by the way uh, 10 tracks yeah nice well done well done nice. thank you brevity, <laughs> the no encore brevity 10 track rule has been completely adhered to on this one yeah um. Yeah, they have this incredible thing of like I I've I think I've written like you know the odd blurb about them before and I've kind of leaned heavily on the it's like a bunch of short stories set to music, but it mm. is and like and that's kind of what I like with them. But like, this is more like an anthology of short stories that all share a theme. You know what I mean? It's not sure. it's it's not just it's not just little snapshots of like you you can tell that this record was written with particular like tones and ideas in yeah. mind it's all it's very it's nostalgic at times and it's it like but both in tone and, and lyrics and it's i don't know it it makes me think of an irish childhood wow. does that make sense Jesus. because there's stuff about um she's going peak autumnal over well, here a little bit right because right I'll, I'll just go for it so it was recorded in a church um but there's there that the the influence of like churchiness and uh, of kind of uh, religion and spirituality is in there it's in the lyrics and then they're also talking a lot about childhood and there's just some there's I don't know the impression that I got from this was just looking at old photographs of you as a kid do you know what I mean that's that's kind of my little 
my little interpretation of it. I can't wait for them to tweet at us and go, no. No, that's not it that's at all. That's not what it was. You completely misread <laughs> I will, the record. I, I will say they are play, like they're playing in... How um, dare you? <laughs> they're, they're playing in Dublin and I think the Button Factory, but they're also playing in the Spirit Store in Dundalk. Yeah. And if you there. can catch them there, that is one of the best venues I've ever been to. It's tiny and this is the record that you need to see there. It would be amazing. Ellie, I saw Ellie Goulding there two years uh, ago. It's not quite the same. Ellie Goulding in the Spirit awful. Store. Yeah. God, they have changed. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> so I think what we're trying to say with Week of Corners is that they're obviously the Irish run the jewels. <laughs> a duo who work wonderfully well together and are you know have a trilogy of their own records now which they can all be proud of and kind of mm-hmm. step up each time it's an 8 out of 10 for me and I kind of I'm kind of annoyed with them because like I want to start making my end of year lists I've already started making my end of year lists and I'm waiting on the Weekends album I'm waiting on Nine Inch Nails' album I'm waiting on the Funeral Suits album possibly the Run the Jewels one and now Week of Corners the Cadences of Others adds itself to that conversation as well mm-hmm. so well done gentlemen you've knocked it out of the park for me what about you guys? Yeah, I'm right with you. I was kind of thinking earlier um, in terms of end of year lists, you know, what has really stood out in an Irish context, at least. Um, Overhead and Rusangana Family, Roisin Murphy. Windings. Windings. Ex-Magician, who released an album way back, I think, January, uh, is, is very good. Lisa Hannigan, Wallace Bird. Yeah, Wallace Bird, absolutely. This is right there with it. Um, it's a really great record. It is the sound of two guys who I think have mastered the art of knowing what a song needs, knowing what their band needs, um, knowing what a record needs. Um, everything is there for a reason. Nothing feels out of place, milk teeth apart. Um, but I kind of feel that like that's a deliberate thing. Oh, there. absolutely. And, and lo- not just as a not as a palate cleanser per se, but it's just kind of like, yeah, why not just go mad for a song? Yeah, and th- I think there is a little bit of palate cleansing in there because, as you mentioned, O kind of sits like a centerpiece of the album. Falling it right definitely after is, it. yeah. I mean, I think it might be my favourite song on this record, and it's rare that I would hear a song in advance and then get to an album, and then I've already heard the song that's my favourite song and be satisfied with that. Yeah. Mm. But this album gave me a new appreciation for that song. Yeah, it, it, it's contextualised, and, and it sits within the collection in a very deliberate way. Um, yeah, it's an 8 out of 10 for me. It It's a great record, and I look forward to seeing it live. And uh, yeah, very, very pleased. Um, yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I adored this record. There was some, there was one or two tracks I kind of could have done without on it. Um, but not, not quite without, but outside of the context of the album, um, maybe within some kind of another, um, another little collection or something. Um, but then the ones that I loved, they absolutely hit me like a ton of bricks and the pros outweighed the cons. It's, it's not quite an eight for me, but I'm going to do a bit of a, Pitchfork can be like 7.8. 7.8. 7.8, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to tweet at you now. Um, at if, Midnight Dreary, guys. Oh, man. <laughs> no, look, it's, it's, a, it's a fucking phenomenal record. It's great. Um, but it just in terms of, I don't know, what, what, what I was looking for going into it, um, I, was, I was offset a couple of times by tracks that I think might have belonged somewhere else. It's the Cadences of Others. It is released this Friday, the 4th of November. And as Andrea alluded to, they are doing a small nationwide tour. And if you've never seen them, get up, go out and check them out. That brings us to the end of the scariest episode of No Encore to date. Wasn't very scary in the end, was no, it? No, no, not so much. No. It was only that bit where you really felt as though Andre was going to libel us a better teacher. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we still haven't... We'll have to have the lawyers look at that before we go. <laughs> 
So, uh, Dre, thank you so Dave. much for coming back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You. It's very nice. We will thank have you. you again for sure. Cullum, I'm also glad to see you back. <laughs> Cheers, mate. It's good to be back. It's been a while. And <laughs> next week, we'll have Craig back as well, I think. Woo. Yeah. You know, I'm very excited. It's very tired. It's good tired. <laughs> Retired now. A little bit, a little bit. Well, you know, happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, to play us out this week, uh, we're not going to do an Irish song because I wanted to pick a song from a scary movie or at least one of thereabouts. So I found it hard to narrow it down. I was going to pick a Dillinger Escape Plan song just no. to piss off Cullum. And I haven't. No. Calm down. Okay. But like, can we not, like... <laughs> As my, you know you know what listeners uh, just so you know I've got a 4,000 word interview with Dylan Discapan <laughs> up on Drowned in Sound right now it's I very 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 good I encourage good. you to go and read I poured my heart and soul into it actually no it's just their quotes they, they have a lot of quotes they're very very good so go read that but uh, I'm not going for a Dylan Discapan song I'm not going for an aggressive song either I'm not going for anything kind of weird and whimsical actually it is pretty whimsical and it's pretty weird the Rocky Horror Picture Show Coming from the Rocky Horror stage show, of course, was a film I grew up on as a kid, and I was always fascinated by it when I wasn't being scared of it. And it has a lot of great musical numbers, and despite the fact that I've never been to a musical live, I do love this musical to at least watch on the old DVD player back in the day. This is Tim Curry, Barry Bostwick, and Susan Sarandon, a song written by Richard O'Brien of the Crystal Maze fame. It's called Sweet Transvestite, and it will play you out on this Halloween spectacular. My name is Dave Hanrady. This has been No Encore. There will be no encore. Happy Halloween. How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime, because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover I'm not much of a man By the light of day But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania Let me show you around Maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual... Transylvania <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night Or maybe a bite Night I could show you my favorite obsession I've been making a man With blonde hair and a tan And he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite 
from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> so, come up to the lab. And see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details. Yo, it's Halloween, bitch! Introducing Peacock, the new free streaming service from NBC Universal. It's hit movies, current shows, live sports, trending bits, and timeless hits. And that's why you can't not watch. Peacock, watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at peacocktv.com. Law and Order SVU streaming now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.